Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I must say it feels kind of strange to be back into the pulpit. I missed you last weekend as I was traveling to be with some of our dear college students from up at Macomb and uh, being able to officiate their wedding. But it also feels strange not only to be back, but to not be preaching on Romans for, what was it, for 12 weeks solid we heard from the epistle to the Romans. And it was by God's grace and the work of the Holy Spirit, God's epistle to the Christians of St. John's and Effingham too. Now we turn our attention to Matthew chapter 21, where there are questions taking place. Questions. You know how kids ask questions. It didn't happen in our family, but there was a day when a child sitting in their pew turned backward and saw a man there who had an eye patch on, and he turned to that man and said, Are you a pirate? Might have been the same child who asked one time, Why do I have to have two eyes if I only see one thing? Or a child who asks, How did people make the first tools if they didn't have tools? Kids ask questions, right? And we who've been driving with kids know that so many times they ask, Are we there yet? But we all have questions, some of them imponderable and some of them serious and, yeah, some of them easy or silly. The religious leaders had questions of Jesus in the gospel lesson tonight. It's Holy Week. Just two days before, Jesus has come into town on the donkey and people have acclaimed him the son of David. They've cried out, Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us. Jesus has come into the temple and he's cleansed the temple, driving out the money changers and the sellers. He has, according to Matthew chapter 21, he's already healed the lame and the blind. And he withered a fig tree by the authority of his word. And now the religious leaders come to him with a serious question on that Tuesday. By what authority are you doing these things? They've been watching and they want to know, where does this come from? They ask questions. And Jesus doesn't answer them yet. He's not being snide. He's not being rude. He has a bigger plan. And so... He answers, in a way, their question with a question. He says, John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? Those religious leaders who came to Jesus with a question, they're not the first ones to ask questions of God. Moses did it too. Moses had been chosen to be the leader of God's people, to take them to the promised land, away from the slavery in Egypt. But before they set out, Moses has questions. And one of them you'd think is pretty reasonable. He asks God, what is your name? 
And God gives him that enigmatic and wonderfully truthful, deep answer, Yahweh, I will be who I will be. That is my name. But Moses, Moses isn't done yet with questions. And so he asks, will you show me your glory? And God answers in a mixed way. In Exodus chapter 33, the Lord says, yes, but you will only see a fraction of my glory, but I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. Moses gets to see the glory of God, but he also hears that God is going to still be God himself. He's going to retain his divine essence. He will be hidden in a way. God will be hidden in a way for Moses' protection. And God will reveal. But all of it is connected to that questioning by the religious leaders of Jesus. We all have questions, and some things are not for us to know. God is God, and we are not. But like those chief priests and the elders of the people in the gospel lesson, I'm not comfortable with that, not in my sinful nature. I'm not comfortable not knowing and that's my fault and yours. So Jesus switches a little bit with those leaders and says, I'll ask you a question. And thus the question about John's baptism. Where does it come from? And they debate the question. Is it from heaven or is it from man? If we say it's from heaven, Jesus will rightly say, why didn't you believe him? If we say from man, well, we're afraid of the crowd and afraid what they'll do to us. And so they say that uncomfortable answer. We don't know. We don't know. Sometimes that is our honest answer. And you'd think that in a way the gospel lesson today could have just finished there with the leaders being kind of shut up and Jesus, in a sense, winning. But he isn't finished. Jesus has another question. He says, what do you think? What do you think of this story? About two sons and a father who owns a vineyard. The father says, son, go out and work in the vineyard. And the son says, no. And then he has his mind changed and he goes. The dad goes to the other son and says, go and work in the vineyard today. And he says, I will, dad. And then he doesn't go. Which do you think did the will of the father, Jesus asked. And we might think, what does this have to do with Jesus being questioned in the temple that afternoon of Tuesday of Holy Week? Oh, very much in every way. Jesus is showing us that not all things are known to us, but much 
is. What we need to know, he reveals. And what he reveals with this parable is this profound truth that the son who repented, that the son who had his mind changed, did the will of his father. And so Jesus ends up the teaching that afternoon for the religious leaders and for his disciples with words about how the kingdom is all about grace for those who are undeserving. Those who know at least that they're undeserving. Jesus says, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. And with that, Jesus reveals that it's not all about authority. It is about grace. That those who have nothing to give to God get to come into the kingdom by nothing more and nothing less than faith in his grace. So Jesus reveals that he knows where his authority comes from. But he knows that for you and for me, the question is not the source of his authority. The question is, what's the purpose of his authority? And in your life, as in the lives of the tax collectors and the prostitutes and all of us who know that we have no right to the kingdom, in our lives, the purpose of his authority is to forgive your sins, to call you his own, to shower on you grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Because the son who repents does the will of his father. It's like in Luke 15, where Jesus tells another parable of two sons, one who goes off and sows his wild oats and comes to his senses and says, I have nowhere to go except for home. And so he goes home with a rehearsed confession and he receives grace beyond his wildest dreams. A ring on his finger and a robe of family righteousness. Jesus loves to tell stories to show you and to me and me that the will of the Father is that we would day in and day out repent and believe the good news about Jesus. Because we've all said, no, I will not go too many times. We've all been that second son, or rather, as the, our text put it this morning, that first son who says no and has his mind changed. We've all said no daily. And therefore, Jesus wants us to know that the will of the Father is to lavish on us grace, mercy, peace. We could come at this from another perspective. Instead of asking the questions exactly like Jesus does in his little conversation with the religious leaders, we could ask it this way. In this parable of the two sons, on whom will the judgment fall? And we'll rightly say, 
the one who didn't go. And we could ask, well, why him? Because he didn't do his father's will. And what's the will of the father? Let's let John chapter 6, Jesus' own words, give that answer. Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing out of all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. The will of the Father is that his righteousness would cover you. Clothed in his beauty and his holiness, every day you repent and believe. And you receive the will, the last will and testament of the Father who desires to give you his kingdom. And what can you say but amen? The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Keep our hearts and our minds safe in faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.